Superchargers, headlights, and more. With over 122 million parts, eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Stay on your A-game with all the parts you need at the prices you want. It's easy to bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. See ebaymotors.com. Okay, if you've listened to this show for very long, by now you know what you're thinking. I hate Steven Singer too. And you're darn right you do because we've told you loudly and proudly that he is one of our favorite people to do business with. And he's going to be yours too. But unfortunately, he eliminates all of the excuses. Here's what I mean. Finding that person you want to spend the rest of your life with is great. But man, do we hate all the pressure of what's next. Of course, there's all the engagement talk, but then there's the pressure from actually shopping for a ring. Hassle, haggling, finding a store to trust, trying to figure out what the heck the four C's are, discounts, sales, coupons, styles, and all the other nonsense. It's overwhelming, but at least those are all fantastic reasons to put off getting engaged. That's why this guy's really hate Steven Singer. He takes away every excuse in the book for not buying the ring. And he makes it so easy. I hate Steven Singer. Steven Singer is a Philly jeweler and icon that's been making it too easy to buy real diamonds for over four decades. He specializes in diamond engagement rings and has a staff of real experts, real jewelers, real people that are ready to help you find the perfect ring or gift at the perfect price. No call center, no sales, no haggling, no codes or discounts, just the best possible price guaranteeing the best value every single day. Check Steven out at the other corner of eighth and Walnut and Philly or online at I hate Steven singer.com always with fast and free shipping. That's I hate Steven singer.com. Get your something to wrestle gear at BrucePritchard.com and check out boxagimmicks.com, the official something to wrestle store, where you can find gimmicks for yourself or the fan in your life. New items added weekly. Man, we are saving people money left and right over at SaveWithConrad.com, but don't take my word for it. Check out ConradReviews.com. Here's what you'll find over there: a five-star review from Joseph in Alexandria, Virginia. He says, "Once again, Conrad and his team hit a home run." Jimmy, as always, kept in constant communication during the whole process, gave us options, and made the process smooth and easy. Who knew listening to a wrestling podcast would help me out financially? And here's another five-star review from Ian F. in Pottstown, PA. Always fast to respond to any questions I had, and boy, did I have a lot. Thankfully, they cut two years off my mortgage and saved $80,000 over the life of the loan. $80,000? Are you kidding me? He's a wrestling fan who listens to this podcast just like you and his family and his family gets to keep an extra $80,000. Now, without calling SaveWithConrad.com, they would have worked for that money, paid taxes on it, and then just given it away. Don't do that. Keep more of your own money. Hurry to SaveWithConrad.com. And I'm talking to you if you're in a 30-year loan, if you've got a second mortgage, if you've got credit card debt, it's not a matter of if we can save you money. It really is a matter of how much rates are at near historic lows. And there's never been a better time to refinance than right now. Your house is worth more than ever. You have more equity than ever before. And what does that represent to you? The biggest opportunity to change your life financially once and for all. You can get the best rate you've ever had on a mortgage. You can get rid of all your credit card debt, saving five, six, seven, even 800 bucks a month. 
And here's the deal, guys. Once you owe this money, it's up to you how you pay it back. Doesn't it make sense to pay it back at the cheapest rate possible and the greatest tax deduction possible? This is a once in a lifetime opportunity and you need to take advantage of it. You can even pull some cash out to do some remodeling around the house. What if some of that equity you've got, you used to put a pool in the back or maybe add a new office or even better, a man cave? Come on, get you some of that. It sounds too good to be true, but we can do it for you too right now. And again, you don't need perfect credit. You don't need money out of your pocket. And if we can't save you some cash, we won't waste your time. Punch it in at savewithconrad.com. NMLS number 65084, equal housing lender. Oh, and did I mention no house payments for two months? Check it out. Find out how much money you can save right now for free at savewithconrad.com. Welcome to something to wrestle with. Something to wrestle with. Bruce Pritchard. Well, you know. That's not a rib. She pooted. She pooted. What a rib. No, you have a big There's no box of gimmicks. Rumor and innuendo. I don't deal in rumor and innuendo. Was he there? I was there. I don't give a shit. <laughs> I ain't scared. Of shit. I ain't scared to shit. Fuck you, Bruce. I love Hey, hey, it's Conrad Thompson, and you're listening to Something to Wrestle with Bruce Pritchard. Bruce, what's going on, man? How are you? Hey, Conrad Thomas. How the hell are you? How old are you? 39 years old. Proud to say it. Not for long. Not for long. That's true. This coming Sunday is the big four. Oh, this is the last time you and I will publish a, a broadcast where I'm 39 years old. Damn. You've known me for most of my thirties too. How about that? That's kind of scary. You was just a young pup. There's a little, little, little young pup with his little paws that had like the big paws you had to grow into. Okay. We'll go with that. All right. And then like you started growing into your paws and you were. And look at me go now. Look at me go now. I'm all grown look up. Look at you now. Got my gray beard. Like I like it. I'm all grown uh-huh. up. Got your own bowl you can eat out of. I do. I do. Yeah. Oh yeah. And, and, and chew on the big bones. Well, let's just move along now. I'm excited that we're here to finish what we started two weeks ago. Under- I'm excited. I'm here just in general. I'm just saying, you know, when I was 40, most people didn't think I'd make it. That was so, a long time ago. And, and I remember I'd, I'd made my pass through Alabama and woo, what a time that was. It was, it was roughly about 40, 
almost 41 years ago, not quite 41 years ago, about 40 years ago and maybe nine months or something like that. I don't know. Are you saying you are my motherfucker? Hey, hey, don't talk about your mama like that. Miss Deborah, whoop your ass. If I tell uh, Larry T what Bruce P said about mama D that's going to be your a double S me and old Larry T go way back. It's true. I remember one night about 40 and nine months years ago. Woo. What a night we had, you know, Larry T I know Larry T I know that y'all, y'all drink the same kind of beers too. So y'all get along just fine. Well, I'll tell you how the night started, Connie. Oh, just Ah. like that. Yeah. Well, you know, back then cold beer was like one word, cold beer. Well, see, there's a difference. Okay. We need to educate our audience. Okay. Let's do. There's a there's a difference between cold beer Yep. and ice cold beer. Oh yeah. You wanted ice cold beer. I got it. Got it. Yes. I like ice cold beer because that's colder. It's just cold beers. Beers beer on ice. I agree. Icy cold beer on ice is better than regular refrigerated beer. We agree. Yes. Kind of like the refrigerated air. You do that too. That well, then people that, that, how do you think you condition the air? You refrigerate that motherfucker. Oh, I didn't know microphone. I'm moving the whole thing here. If I'm making noise, you can't hear, you can't hide money. You got refrigerated air up there. Oh, hell yeah. Wow. You know, every time I turn around, it feels like I'm seeing another help wanted sign. It feels like things are getting back to normal. And as a result, we're trying to get business back as usual. But for a lot of us, it's been a real struggle. I can give you my firsthand account. You don't just want somebody. You don't just want a warm body. You need the right candidate because the bad hires, man, Lord, that's a, that's a no win situation. Here's a little pro tip for you. I'm proud to tell you that today's sponsor of the show is also someone I've been using for a long time to make sure we avoid costly mistakes with bad hires. Of course, I'm talking about indeed. I'm the hiring expert for my company. (laughs) And I guess you're the hiring expert for your company. So you know what you really need is help making your short list of quality candidates. You need a hiring partner who helped make your life easier. You need indeed. Indeed really is the job site that makes hiring as easy as one, two, three. You can post screen and interview all on indeed. Get your quality short list of candidates whose resumes on indeed match your job description faster, only paying for the candidates that meet the must have qualifications and then schedule and complete video interviews all inside of your indeed dashboard. You see, Indeed makes connecting with and hiring the right talent both fast and easy. With tools like Instant Match, you'll get quality candidates whose resumes on Indeed fit your job description immediately. They've even got Indeed skills tests that on average reduce hiring times by 27% because you don't need somebody someday. You need the right person right now. You can choose from more than 130 skill tests, and then you can go ahead and have must have requirements. So you only pay for applications that meet them. According to talent nest indeed delivers four times more than all the other job sites combined. Really think about that. All the other job sites combined times four. And now you're in Indeed's level. Indeed is the king of the ring, baby. 
And if you're hiring, you need Indeed. Get started right now with a free $75 sponsored job credit to upgrade your job post at Indeed.com slash wrestle. Get a $75 credit at Indeed.com slash wrestle. That's Indeed.com slash wrestle. And the offer is valid through June 30th. So hurry. Terms and conditions apply, but I'm telling you, this is the real deal. I use it in my real life and you are going to love it. It's going to be a part of your new routine. It's Indeed.com slash wrestle get that $75 credit right now. You'd be glad you did. What is what's inside of that box? You just showed me that no one can actually see since this is an audio program. Oh, <laughs> well, I was just showing you. Oh, I see. Now I know all about that. Do you? Yeah. Cause it's one of our great sponsors. Yeah, it is. Should I, should I try it now? Yeah. Why not do it on the air? Tell everybody how you feel. Well, I'm, I, 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 I'll, I'll try it. I ain't scared. I ain't scared either, but I, I understand that some of our listeners may have been scared of the undertaker in 1999. Of course, we know that, uh, he's written off the show in, uh, 1998 as he's buried alive. Of course. He's, oh my goodness. Let's run through that real fast. He started 98 being set ablaze by his own brother in a giant coffin in January. And he finishes the year being buried alive, but he returns in classic undertaker fashion in your old stomping grounds of Houston, Texas on Monday night, raw on January 11th. And he's going to kidnap your kidnap, your old pal, Dennis Knight. And, uh, unfortunately for him, he's going to sacrifice him. And when he does now that he's dead, he's uh, transformed into Midian. So how does he do this? Well, simple. He starts his promo in tongues. While Dennis is laid out in front of him and Taker cuts his own wrist with a knife. And then you probably want to know what happens from there. Well, well, hang on, hang on. Let me ask you a question. The undertaker slices open Dennis's chest. That's what he does. And look at you taking your medications. I got that shit for a minute. Well, while you do that, let me read this quote from the observer. See if you can choke it up. The idea on paper is to take Bradshaw, Farouk and Knight, none of whom are over because the public doesn't want to see big guys who aren't pushed as monsters and aren't good workers by hooking that by hooking them in a group with a guy who is over, maybe they'll get the rub. Uh, and of course the idea is this is the ministry. It's going to end up being really a lot of the undertakers, quote unquote, boys, his longtime friends. Was that really a coincidence? Did were you guys looking for something for these guys to do? Or when you had the idea that undertaker say, Hey, what about this guy? What about that guy? I think it was a group of guys that were being underutilized at the time that being part of a group could give them, could give them the rub and could help get them over. I'm not arguing Different that. way of exposing people. I'm just asking, was it his idea or y'all's idea to put these particular guys in the group? Uh, I think it was a combination of both. Okay. So it was you just know, something everybody was it, all it was, for. You know, it was looking at, looking at guys that needed a little something extra and talking to him about, Hey, if we did this group, who would you suggest? And kind of both. As we start to venture into this, uh, for lack of a better word, occult like gimmick, was there any trepidation by anyone in the organization? I mean, clearly it's no longer your daddy's WWF. It's no longer the golden era. Well, we're strictly marketing lunch boxes and things like that to kids. We're still doing that, but we're also flipping people off and chugging beer and showing boobies and all that other stuff. So no boobies. 
Yeah. I mean, he showed more of more movie than had previously been boobed. Well, hang on now. Are you forgetting once Miss Jackie had her top ripped off and you even had a catchphrase here on this show years ago about that? I don't know. <laughs> I'll stop citing examples that you can't comment on in 2021. And let's move along and ask, was there any hesitation in the occult type gimmick? Like we're doing sacrifices. We're going to cut some motherfuckers. And what's upon a time, the idea that you would show a guy cutting his own wrist or cutting a guy's chest open, even if it is entertainment that would have never happened in the WWF, but now it's a different time. Was anybody sort of dragging their feet on that idea? Uh, I think that there was, you know, kind of like, well, shit, um, in that era, is this something that is believable? I want to say, but at the same time, um, you know, it was a dark figure and you look at some of the, uh, just imagery in general, I think was, was darker at that time. I think that, you know, we were in a, we were kind of in an era of anti-authority and that authority in general was viewed as evil. Almost. It was kind of like, it was the evil empire. When you, you, you look at star Wars and, Good Lord, the, the evil empire and just the dark side. What is that dark side? And yeah, I was exploring it and getting out there a little bit. And, and the Undertaker character lent itself to that. I, uh, I'm curious. Do you who, speak in tongues? Sure. I speak with my tongue every day. Cool. It was a simple question. It was. So chat me up. Who's really sinking their teeth into this idea creatively? Like who's the driving force? Is it because it's hard for me to say, I can understand Vince saying, God damn. What if we sacrificed him? This feels like, and again, I'm not saying it's a bad idea, but it feels like these sort of extreme ideas more often than not are credited to Vince Russo. This is one that worked. We still get lots of questions about it. People really believed it and were really into this. Was this a Vince Russo initiative? Yeah, I believe it was. I, I believe it was both, you know, but but also with the input of Taker. And and just for the record, did I or did I not put over Russo's ideas uh, last week on the show? We were talking about Taker. Yeah, a lot. Yeah. Okay. Just but it wasn't last just week. Just being clear, it was two weeks ago, but still. Well, yeah, Conrad. In yeah. my life, sure. in that my, was yesterday. Damn it. In my existence, it's, it could have been six weeks ago. It could have been yesterday. We get to the Royal rumble where a sacrifice has been promised and kind of happens, I guess, after Mabel returns against mankind and loses and he's kidnapped and will eventually become viscera. Why is Mabel the right guy? Is it more of, Hey man. Anybody who's not doing shit, who might be on the chopping block, let's just give them, as you like to say, a fresh paint of coat, just try something else. Yeah. And it was during the time where, you know, with undertaker being the leader of this group, I think the more, the merrier, the, the more, the uglier, the bigger, the monster, if you will, uh, there were some big, mean, nasty guys as a part of that. So Mabel looking at him at the time, it's like, okay, what are you, what are you going to do with Mabel? And again, the new, uh, paint of coat is to repackage him 
as Viscera. Give him a new name. Give him a whole new a whole new makeover. There's not a lot you can change with his body other than show more of it, which was frankly a positive, I think, for Mabel slash Viscera, uh, showing his body. And he, you know, it was he was a big man. And could, you know, at times some bitch could move. Kind of like you're showing your body right now. There you go. Just for you. Hey, uh, all right. So Thank you. So Taker's doing house shows, but he's not wrestling at the rumble. Is he, is he still hurting? Is he, is it not necessary for him to wrestle at this point? Cause it does feel a little odd to leave one of your biggest stars off one of your biggest cards. Well, Taker need, yeah, he did need some rest and he did need some time off. So having a large group around him that could go out there and do the physicality and take the bumps and everything else. I think that that was good for take to get that rest. Undertaker and ministry, uh, begin feuding with the corporation and taker goes after Vince. So I gotta ask who's the baby face in this situation or in this era, are we really just throwing out the rule book and we're just telling stories. Now we don't have to paint by numbers anymore. The rule book was definitely thrown out and you just took strong characters and told stories around the strong characters that you really cared about. Hence undertaker and Mr. McMahon, obviously there was an end to that story that had the twist to it. And you know, it all uh, smashed the shit out of my finger. Uh, it all made sense in the end, but I think that, um, yeah, so you look at it, it was characters and story driven. Hey Bruce, did you realize that some of those big box stores, like maybe you need to go get some motor oil or some wiper blades or, you know, those big box car part stores, did you know they had two pricing tiers, one for mechanics and one for guys like me and you? I'm sorry. You're, you're going to have to explain that one to me. What do you mean they have two different? What's going on here? Here's the deal. If you go into one of those big box retailers and you are a mechanic, then you have a special price. But if you're just regular Joe Blow like me and you, Bruce, they're going to charge you up to twice as much for the same parts. At rockauto.com, they don't do that. Rockauto.com is a family business serving auto parts customers online for 20 years. So go to rockauto.com to shop for auto and body parts from hundreds of manufacturers, and you'll always get the lowest price possible. They don't have different pricing tiers like airlines do. It's not based on what the market will bear. It's the same great price every single time. And Bruce, they have everything you could ever need for your car. Hail lamps, motor oil, even new carpet, whether it's for a daily driver or your classic car, Everything can be delivered right to you, directly to your door. And by the way, Bruce, the catalog at rockauto.com is so easy, even you can do it. Rockauto.com catalog is unique. It's easy to navigate, and you get to quickly see all the parts available for your vehicle and choose the brands, the specifications, and the prices that you prefer. Best of all, prices at rockauto.com are always reliably low and the same for professionals as it is for do-it-yourselfers. Why spend up to twice as much for the same parts? Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need is at rockauto.com. So go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck. And when you get to that, how did you hear about us box? Please write the word wrestle so they know that we sent you. That's rockauto.com. And at checkout, you'll see that how did you hear about us box? Please write in the word wrestle. And let them know Bruce Pritchard sent ya. So take her kidnaps Shane to deliver a letter to Vince. And with this 
directly involving Vince, this obviously has his approval. Hell, all the creative has his approval, but I'm curious, what does Vince think of this creative of involving his kids in this sort of angle? Is he gung ho? It feels like anytime we've mentioned, you know, well, what if this guy did something? You always put over that Vince loved having his kids in these angles. Yeah. Really get in there, pal. That type of stuff. Well, this was also the first of, of that really. Um, you know, we had seen Shane, um, whether it be a referee and, and Shane had, had been a bit of a character, but you hadn't seen Stephanie yet. Um, I think people knew she existed and, and what have you, but the family dynamic really hadn't been exploited fully yet. So there was, there was that in the background and, and there, there's Steph who was a, you know, became good Lord, one of the strongest characters in the history. Um, but it was new and it was different. And, and I think it had, it had the reality to it that, wait a minute, those are Vince's kids. There, there is a reality there. That's reality. Right. Let's, uh, let's keep it going here and talk a little bit about the Inferno match on raw. Yeah. An Inferno match, not on pay-per-view, which we talked about a couple of weeks ago, but an Inferno match on raw. Of course, Taker gets the victory. Kane is a member of the corporation for those of you who are trying to keep track at home. And this leads to the, I guess, infamous burning of the teddy bear. Oh my God. No, the horror. Chat me up about Stephanie. This is really going to be Stephanie's foray into television. We know she's going to go on to become quite a great television performer, much like her dad. Uh, years later, people are going to say she might be the best heel on TV, just like her dad, a generation before, but it, in this era, obviously, you know, you're letting Shane do more and more a couple of years from now, hell, we're going to be throwing Shane through glass with an Olympic gold medalist. But with Stephanie getting involved in the business, do you remember there being pushback or hesitation from either Vince or Linda? No, I don't. Um, I don't know behind the scenes if, if Linda was hesitant or not, never really, uh, talked to her about it. But as far as Stephanie goes, it was, she was there, she was learning the business. Uh, Steph was coming around. So I don't think that anybody doubted, you know, it's, it's in the blood, <laughs> you know what I mean? Uh, the, the apple doesn't fall far from the tree. And there really wasn't much doubt that, that Seth was going to pull it off. There really wasn't. And I know that sounds weird. Um, cause she was greener and goose shit, but it was, I don't know. She had it. Talk to me a little bit about, uh, who would have been pushing for that. I think there's the story that someone backstage says, well, look at her. She's beautiful. We got to put her on TV. Who was that that pushes for? Is it Russo? Is it Hayes? As the legend goes, who was the person who really said, you got to put Stephanie on TV? The first person that said it out loud that really was Jim Cornette. Oh, there you go. Excellent. Um, you know, Corny would ask the question, what, why in the hell isn't she on TV? Right. So, you know, from that vantage point and from kind of introducing that, 
there was also the the feeling of you know you're you're a bit trepidatious of going too far and say hey why don't we put Shane on why don't we put Stephanie on to to her father right um, you know you, you don't know whether or not he he wants that and or anything else so it was a bit tricky but but at the same time you know you you look at it and it's a good story so why not let's uh she's a heel did she have any uh trepidation about doing it i mean it feels like you know and this isn't fair and i'm not saying it should be this way but i think you can be honest and admit that sometimes there's a double standard like you would let your son Kane go do stuff that if your daughter Amber pitched it, he'd be like, hell no, you're not doing that. Now, that's not popular and that's not polite, but it's just the way dads think, right? We're all protective of our little girls. Do you think that Vince had any of that? Or perhaps Stephanie had any of that of, I don't want to be a public figure. I don't want to be on TV. I mean, being a public figure on TV like this and being involved in the wrestling business comes with a certain amount of stuff you kind of got to deal with, right? Yeah. I think that maybe internally they experienced that, not externally. Okay. Um, I don't know that that was really ever brought up, uh, at least to us from a hesitation standpoint, if that makes any sense. It, it, it just, it was like, let's do this. It makes sense. It's real. People can relate to it. Everybody has a mother and father. Um, Family's easy, easy to write about. Family is easy because everyone can identify good, bad, or indifferent. So let's talk about what's next for the undertaker. Uh, he's going to get arrested when he's attempting to sacrifice someone. But of course, as the handcuffs are put on, he lights the taker symbol on fire. You guys are having a lot of fun. This feels like we we veered out of, this is just Vince Russo's idea to now Bruce is loving the magic. You've told us before you love that Papa Shango bullshit. What do you mean? Bullshit. What? I need more ooze. I mean, you love that the voodoo doll and all those concepts we've talked about. I, I think it's super creative and super funny, but I'm just saying, I know what gets you going and, yeah. and this sort of supernatural stuff you would love. Well, a lot of, a lot of this is, is coming from taker's head as well. And, and Russo's head. I think that, you know, it was a collaborative effort of let's get out there with this. You had eyeballs on it. It was unique. It was different. And Dan, it was, it was controversial too, because people were looking at it and the, here's your, your stalwart favorite in the undertaker that man, that's my guy. I love the undertaker. He's so cool. Well, now it's, He's evil and he's doing things to people that I, that I like and that I care about, you know, as we get into to stone cold and so on and so forth. But then you're conflicted when he's doing shit with the McMahons. Right. Because I don't like Vince, but here's this innocent young lady that, well, she seems like a sweet young lady. Why would he do that to her? Right. So it was, it was really messing with people's emotions. And, and I thought, thought it was very well done. Credit karma has always been there to help you make better financial decisions. And now they want to help you even more 
You see, with a Credit Karma money spend account, you can be rewarded for good money habits. And who doesn't want instant gratification? If you're looking for satisfaction, there's no need to wait. With Credit Karma money, you could win cash reimbursement for your debit purchases. No, seriously, check this out. Credit Karma money is a brand new checking account where you can win cash reimbursements when you make purchases. Huh? You see, when you use your Credit Karma money debit card, you can win daily instant karma purchase reimbursements on up to $5,000. Just pay with your debit card. And if you win, you'll be notified on the spot and your instant karma cash will be added right back to your spend account. Credit Karma Money has always given away over $3 million in instant karma to over 50,000 Credit Karma members and counting. Open your FDIC insured spend account for free. There's no minimum balance requirements, no overdraft fees, and free withdrawals from a network of over 50,000 ATMs. And when you make a purchase between June 8th and June 30th, you'll automatically be entered to win $1 million. Credit Karma Money. Progress starts here. Right now, visit creditkarma.com forward slash win money to open your free account and start winning instant karma. Go to creditkarma.com forward slash win money to sign up for free and start winning instant karma. That's creditkarma.com forward slash win money. That's C-R-E-D-I-T-K-A-R-M-A.com slash win money. Instant karma is sponsored by Credit Karma. No purchase necessary. Exclusions and terms apply. See rules. Banking services provided by MVB Bank Inc. Member FDIC. Maximum balance and transfer limits apply. But remember, go to creditkarma.com forward slash win money to sign up for free and start winning instant karma. That's creditkarma.com slash win money. Uh, talk to me a little bit about, and I know this is random to bring up and ask, but I've heard flair and interviews say as my physical skills diminished, I had to up the comedy. So that's when he would do stuff like, Oh, pull my trunks down. And, uh, then, you know, we're going to do the whole pushing the referee spot and I'll sell the big bump and, Oh, I'll, I'll fall face first, you know, do the old flare flop. He really tried to up the comedy when he felt like, man, I can't physically do maybe what I once could. And I'm curious since he's not wrestling in the rumble and he is banged up and he's hurting. It feels like we're overloading the gimmicks. We're in inferno matches. We're sacrificing people. We're setting shit on fire. Is this a way to still make the most of the character, but limit the damage on the body at the time? Well, it's definitely a way to give the body a rest. Yes. And, and after years of, of just, you know, (laughs) incredible, just wear and tear on the body. Yeah. It's a way to, to give him a bit of a rest and allow him to regroup and recoup and let those muscles and those bones just kind of get back to life a little bit. So talk to me a little bit about the, um, the magic you've, you've often talked about Richie Posner and the magic department and the WWE. Is he the guy who's helping you with some of this over the top, fantastic stuff, you know, setting the symbol on fire and all that. Yeah, you know, Richie was heavily involved in, in a lot of that stuff and being able to produce and conceive a lot of that shit. So, uh, very talented guy. So he's having fun with all the magic stuff, and I'm sure this is really pushing him outside of the box. Um, eventually, though, you do something that 
is even a little far-fetched for WWE. We're doing an angle where he's he being the undertaker supposedly, uh, outside pronouns, pal pronouns. He's supposedly outside of Vince's house trying to kidnap Stephanie, but of course he's actually at raw because he's magical and stuff. Do you remember producing these? Were you the guy producing these skits or segments? Or are you back in Houston by this point? Uh, no, it's probably, if it was at raw, it was at TV. Um, well, well I just assume Vin, I mean, undertaker is at TV. So I guess what I'm asking is a, was it really Vince's house where undertaker is outside trying to kidnap Stephanie? B, were you the guy on location doing the shoot? Or was it just an old pre-tape that you did earlier in the week? Do you, do you think that looked like a house Vince would live in? If I'm honest, I don't remember. But I was sort of surprised when we watched SummerSlam 89 a few years ago, back before you moved and left us all behind, uh, to see Stephanie jumping in a pool. And you were like, oh, yeah, that's Vince's pool. That's where me and uh, Pat used to book TV with Vince. I would have never guessed that's Vince's house. I wouldn't have guessed those old vignettes of... Uh, uh, Mr. Perfect playing pool, also Vince's house. So I don't know. And by the way, I assume of the rich and famous for the million dollar man. I assume Vince McMahon owns more than one house. So I don't know. That's my question. This is a, an on-site, on location. Hey, here's what we're doing raw. Let's go find a house we can shoot shit at. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Wherever the hell we were, I think it was a house locally there the night before. I didn't do it. Uh, no, I did not. I did not do it. I watched it. That would have been much better if I had done it. I was going to say, it feels like it has your fingerprints all over it. You love Taker, <laughs> and we're going to kidnap a chick. You're into that. Um, would you stop giving away all my secrets? What? You know, it was just a run of about six months. It didn't, you know. She lived. It worked. Back. Yeah. Uh, at, at any point. Was it discussed what the payoff for Vince and Taker was supposed to be? I mean, I know that sounds crazy, but was it ever discussed to put Linda with Taker to go against Vince and Shane or, or at this point, we just sort of doing it week to week. I know back in the day, you guys would sort of book three or four months out and almost work backwards. It feels like here at the height of the Monday night war, uh, and the height of the attitude era, we're just freestyling. We're changing some stuff on the fly, baby. Yeah, it was pretty much week to week. And I think, you know, there was always discussion as to, you know, will Linda get involved? How far are we going to go with this stuff? And I don't think that at this point in, in the whole thing that there was a whole lot of thought about using Linda because it's funny. Um, you know, Vince being the head of the company and, and, the, and the creative direction in, in so many ways, but Linda was the business end of the company. Right. And it was funny not to try to mix those that, that way. And I know it, it may not make sense to a lot of people, but, but that's, that's the way that we looked at it. It was, she was purely business and, and didn't want to mess with that. Eventually he gets programmed with the big boss man for WrestleMania and I want to sort of walk through what his WrestleMania experience had been so far in 91. He beat Jimmy Snuka in 92. He beat Jake Roberts in 93. You punished him and put him with giant Gonzalez. He missed 94. He's back in time for it 90. was a giant. I mean, but check this out. His back-to-back WrestleMania appearances in 93 and 95, because he missed 94 are giant Gonzalez and King Kong Bundy. 
but then we actually start working with some big guys who are going to be pretty big time players, diesel, psycho Sid, Kane, and now big boss, man. It just feels sort of, what's that? Not it. It feels thrown together. It doesn't feel like he's in a featured spot here. He is kidnapping the boss's daughter and whatnot, but he's going to take on boss man. And we Lord knows we've had a lot of fun talking about hanging boss man. Uh, in our WrestleMania 15 episode in the archives over at something but was undertaker. I mean, clearly everybody loves Ray trailer, the real life, big boss, man, I'm sure got along fabulously with the real life Mark Calloway, but in terms of where we are, he's got to be a little frustrated. Like, geez, I'm fucking kidnapping people and sacrificing people. And I'm wrestling boss, man. Yeah. I, I don't think that anybody really really got that too much. You know, it was, it was part of the corporation and boss man was a part of that. But I also think at this time that by the time we got there, that people were expecting a little more out of boss man on this run. And I don't know that he had, he had delivered at that point. I also want to mention too. I think you told me once before that this WrestleMania 99, uh, WrestleMania 15, this is really sort of the first one where Vince was like, okay, Russo, let's see what we can do. And it had his fingerprints all over it in a major way, really for the first time. Right. Yeah, it did. And you know, it was a lot of it. It was during the time too, where things were more last minute Well, you didn't have an entire WrestleMania card, you know, a month out going into WrestleMania. Right. We were adding a lot of things, you know, as we got closer to it and it was a different era and a different, different viewpoint on the business in general. Is that match in particular one, you know, along with Kennel in a cell that you think mm, in hindsight, that probably hurt the hell in a cell brand a little bit. Um, at the time. Yeah. I, I was, I don't know if embarrassed is, is the right word, but yeah, it was disappointed. Dis- yeah. Just not good. Nah. Yeah. Not good. Not good at all. On raw, the ministry surrounds Vince's meal ticket, Sable to coax Vince out of protecting Stephanie. He was backstage being guarded by Shane. Stephanie is kidnapped, but then thankfully returned. You know, this is the era where you got all these different coalitions and activist groups coming after you for some of your creative and they're counting finger gestures and they're counting suck it references and all this stuff. And you also have them coming after you whenever little kids are trying these moves on each other, but now we're. We just got full blown kidnappings every few weeks here on the show. Well, again, you know, it, it comes back to the entertainment aspect of our business I and agree. we are entertainment and we do reflect, you know, whether it's, uh, CSI crime drama, whatever the hell is on television. You know, we, we try to have a little bit of all of that, whether it's comedy and, and laughter and drama. Um, but it's entertainment. I want to be clear about this. I'm not saying that I had a problem with the creative. I just know that somebody somewhere corporately probably raised their hand and said, guys, we're getting beat up left and right for this and that. And we're going to do this on top. Like, well, I, I don't think that it was necessarily, you know, that even it was, this is entertainment. And if this, this is another Avenue to let everyone else know whether it be Madison Avenue or, uh, the Hollywood reporter and everybody else know that, Hey guys, this is entertainment. 
This is what we do. We, we, we run the gambit. We try something, uh, and I know you're gonna get fired up at the first half of this, but just hang tight. The undertaker, the following week is gonna, uh, by the way, he kidnaps Stephanie. He returns her, which is nice of him. He's a nice undertaker. But then the next week he crucifies Ryan Shamrock. And that leads to a singles match between Taker and Ken Shamrock and breakdown, uh, which is the next pay-per-view. But what I wanted to bring up is the odd promo where Ken Shamrock challenges Mark. And of course we know listening to this, the undertaker's real name is Mark Calloway, but it feels like it's being established that the undertaker is a character created for TV. It's a persona that was created by Vince, but now perhaps Mark Calloway really believes he's the undertaker. Is that what we're trying to do to, that feels like another thing you would have an issue with. Once upon a time, you talked about the whole diesel thing and that you didn't like when we started saying, well, he's really Kevin Nash, but this is that sort of worked shoot, bro. What'd you think of that creative where Ken Shamrock challenges Mark? He doesn't refer to him as the undertaker. <laughs> um, you know, I think it was an interesting way to tell the story, frankly. Um, like you've gone too far, damn it. That type yeah. deal. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And I'm not the, fucking around now. I'm the real MMA fighter type shit, right? Yes. And, and, and you get, you get to the point of, Wow. What was, was that real or was it Memorex? Right. And you have people that, you know, still to this day and, and, and you go back, I, I remember <laughs> as a kid sitting in section five, row 12 seats, uh, six, seven, and eight. And the folks behind us in row 13, there was the, the riser section of ringside where the guys came out right on that aisle in Houston, Texas. And behind us sat Bubba and old Joe. These are real names. Okay. And Stella was, uh, one of the ladies that was, I think Joe's mom long and short of it is these were, these were fans that were there every single Friday night. And they yelled and they screamed and they wanted to get that bad guy. And they wanted, they rooted for Wahoo and by God, they rooted for Jose Lothario and all this shit, but they knew, well, Hey, they really friends in the back, but I want to tell you something. When they fight for them gold belts, that's real. It's real. Right. And you know, Jose trained Gino when Gino turned his back on him. Jose can't forgive that. He's going to teach this boy a lesson. So there's an acceptance of, hey, man, this is, this is entertainment. This is, we're, 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 we're entertaining you over here. And then there's this, is this real? And no matter what anybody says, there, there's, there's still that, that line, if you will. And this was crossing that line a little bit, but taking it right back. And for those that went, oh, hey, oh, man, I tell you what. Now, I, I'm pretty sure that that Undertaker, that, that, that boy's real name is Mark. And Shamrock slipped up because he's pretty pissed off this time because they, they done got his sister. 
<laughs> you know, it's it's taking it's it's taking the audience on a ride, man. And I, I love it when you, when you can take the audience on a ride, let them in and have fun with the damn thing. Don't take it so seriously. Enjoy it. And if you don't enjoy it, don't watch it. But enjoy it. Have fun with it. All right, Bruce, it's time to talk about something you and I both love talking about, and that's our pets. We've debated this for a long time, but I think it's clear now that Ginger is the official dog of something to wrestle that's been well-established. Yeah, well, Dodger is actually the official dog of something to wrestle with, Bruce Pritchard. And did you know that up to 80% of the immune system is influenced by the gut? I did know that. I did know that because I know about solid gold. And hey, don't you interrupt my commercial here. I've been carrying the heavy water for solid gold. I know your dogs love the dog, the dog, uh, the human grade bone broth, right? Absolutely. It goes on everything and they love it. So serious business. This is real. Okay. We're deviating from the script, but solid gold will be happy because this is real life in real life in the Pritchard household in your refrigerator. If Stephanie opens the door and twists that cap, the dogs go nuts. True or false. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's journey, the free to play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the Roaring Twenties. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games. Yes, every single one of them comes running with the little tails wagging and they just, you know, they'll even take a sip, but they get it on their food. And they absolutely love it. And if you don't get that little pop, they're not as happy. So let me just explain. We believe in solid gold because we know it's good for our dogs. And you've been hearing us talk about solid gold forever, but you need to know your dog is going to love it too. I mean, listen, when I was a kid, my mom tried to make me eat my vegetables. I didn't love that. Okay. Your dog is going to love solid gold. This is real life. And by the way, a proper diet and digestive health is going to enable your pet to better fight environmental allergies. So if your start, your dog starts to age a little bit and get a little wonky, it's probably because you haven't been feeding homeboy the right food. Solid gold to the rescue. Don't take our word for it. This is the world's first holistic pet food company started way back in 74 by Sissy McGill. She was inspired by the idea that European pet food and European Great Danes outlasted their American counterparts. So she created a recipe that's still in use to this day and is helping our pets. And, and, and we're not just talking about physically. We're talking our pets, mind, body, and spirit. High quality food is the key to solid gold. And it's something that you've been using for years now, right, Bruce? Absolutely. And solid gold's nutritional platform is inspired by their founding belief that high quality food is the best way to impact our pets, mind, body, and spirit. As you said, it's just like us. We want high quality food. Why should you deny your dog? Solid gold has revolutionized this holistic pet food category, and they have a recipe for any dog or cat's dietary needs, including healthy whole grain, grain free, wet food, supplements like sea mail and Dodger's favorite 100% human grade bone broth for dogs. Solid gold foods are just different. They cleanse the digestive system with whole superfoods. They balance with living probiotics and they fuel with omega three and six fatty acids, supporting gut health and nourishing your pet both inside and out. And solid gold is the place to do it. So right now to save 30% on select solid gold products, go to solidgoldpet.com slash Russell. That's solidgoldpet.com slash Russell 
to save 30% on select Solid Gold products. Remember, solidgoldpet.com slash wrestle. We love Solid Gold. Dodger does too. That works for me. Let's talk about the match itself. Oh, wait, you know what? We should mention something bad happens that, uh, is real life stuff. And it feels like this type of stuff has happened before with WWE. And we talked about the whole Muhammad Hassan thing where you're going a certain direction with a character, you try some things, real life sort of gets in the way. And it's like, Whoa, uh, too close to reality. Let's walk that back. We get to breakdown and there's an interesting wardrobe note for the time. The undertaker does not come out in his trench coat robe. Like he had been because we're on fresh on the heels of the Columbine shooting that happened April 20th, 1999. This feels like a conscious effort to say, okay, this is a sore spot and it's totally unrelated, but let's just, let's just not who would have been responsible for helping make that decision. Well, it probably ultimately would have come from Vince, but at the same time, you know, and people call bullshit on this, you can call bullshit all you want. It is what it is. Was also transitioning taker to the Kate gimmick and, okay. and the, the evil thing. Um, coincidence, however, you know, yes, there was a definite sensitivity to that because people had made that comparison. Well, yeah. And listen, I realize now in hindsight, some people would say, oh, that's stupid, but you have to appreciate in the context of the time, you know, this is something America was not used to. It had never happened before, you know, a school yeah, shooting like this 22 years ago. You yeah. know, you think about that. That's a lifetime that my, my kids yeah. are just now 22 years old and right. they're, they're adults, but yet they didn't, you know, it, it's a, it's a completely different time in America than where we are today. So when we talk about history, we talk about this in, in retrospect, we oftentimes look at it through the eyes of 2021 right. and you, you, you can't judge it on 2021 values and 2021 society. No, I totally agree, Bruce. I just wanted to add some context because Columbine was a major happening. Uh, now it's become all too common. Let's talk about the show. Uh, Undertaker's going to pin Ken Shamrock. They get plenty of time, maybe too long. 18 minutes and 50 seconds. Meltzer would say the crowd was dead. Uh, this was actually a really great match. Had it been held in another place. The story of the match was that Shamrock continually made smooth moves into submissions on the leg to keep Undertaker on the ground. Shamrock used the belly to belly and went for a tombstone pile driver, but Undertaker reversed it for the pin and left him laying star and three quarters. You know, we've talked a lot about Ken Shamrock. I've often sort of beat the drum and said, man, Ken Shamrock coulda, shoulda, woulda been a top guy. Could have been a great contender for Steve Austin's world title. Uh, JR has been pretty candid and saying, well, Ken just wasn't reliable at the time. Uh, but there was no way this was going any other way than undertaker pinning him. Right. Well, no. And I, I also think that it was a great match. Yeah frankly. And it was, it was something that taker really wanted to do was to have that kind of a match with that kind of opponent that, that being Ken Shamrock. So you, you look at it that way and it's kind of like, all right, you know, they, they had a hell of a match. Um, and, and I do th- shit. I think Ken was a top guy. I think that, that Ken was at the top of the card and was a hell of a talent. I don't mean to cut you off, but I, I do want to ask because we know eventually the real life Mark Calloway is going to get way into MMA 
Do you think he was into it here in 99? I mean, in 99, it was very much in the embryo stage of the UFC. It wasn't a part of, you know, the conversation the way it is now. Uh, but was he excited to, to, to quote unquote grapple with a, with an MMA guy like this? I know it's an interest of his, you know, four or five years later. Yeah, I think, but you also have to understand wrestling in general, uh, was a interest of taker that he really enjoyed you know, wrestling and getting on the mat and doing that type of thing with the character of the undertaker and being as big as undertaker is for that character. You don't see that character, you know, drop down, tackle, get it again. Right. Um, you know, you see him being the undertaker and this was an opportunity to show off some of those other skills. So yes, I mean, undertaker was into it. I think we were all into it at that point. The UFC was really no holds barred. Right. And, you know, Ken had come from that world, but they were, you know, hadn't reached the Zufa stage yet. And they were still, you know, uh, Meyerwitz and they're trying, they're trying to make money and they're not quite there yet. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Let's talk a little bit about, uh, the end of the show, because this is a pretty iconic end. This breakdown pay-per-view Stephanie gets into a limino limo, a limino, a limino. Trying to escape the ministry. Lemon limo. It's, it's been known to happen. So she hops in the back and she's running from the ministry. And of course, uh, the little partition lowers where to Stephanie happens on the one hand, it's fucking super hokey and super cheesy. And on the other hand, it's fucking perfect. And I don't, I can't think of a lot of times like that, that it's happened in wrestling where you go. Oh man, this is so cornball straight to DVD, but it was fucking awesome. What'd you think? It was fucking awesome. It was a great cliffhanger to the show. Totally agree. You know, and, and again, it, it was, it was more of the theatrical, you know, side of things. And so maybe to the purists that thought, oh my God, what are they doing? They're killing the business. Well, we've been killing the business for years at this point. So it's one more thing that, you know, you can heap on to the sellout <laughs> audiences we were playing to that did enjoy it. Let's, uh, let's talk about the next night. It's the marriage of Stephanie McMahon and the undertaker. I mean, really in hindsight, the number of times Stephanie's had a wedding on raw is pretty impressive. You got, yeah. I mean, you know, test undertaker, what can you say? triple H that's a yeah. lot. Well, one stuck <laughs> Austin makes the save. Now process that Austin's biggest nemesis for years at this point is Vince McMahon, but Austin saves his daughter here. Stephanie gives him a hug. And now Steve Austin and Vince McMahon are on one side and undertaker and his ministry are on the other. This, I have to admit is some pretty great shit where two guys who don't like each other. One of the guys is like, okay, now damn it. That's too far. I got to step in. It really builds the character of Steve Austin. It makes Vince McMahon vulnerable. It's good stuff. Was this the plan yeah, all along? Was, you know, it, it was, it was a human moment for stone cold. And that all of a sudden he's like, all right, you know, I got to do the right thing, regardless of what I think of our old man. And again, that's something that people can relate to. I know you said a minute ago that at this point we're kind of going week to week, but how far in advance would you have had something like this planned? Because the whole idea of the big reveal in the limo and then the next night, the Austin save 
that really works well together. And that doesn't feel like something you just would have had a week heads up on, or was it? Well, I think that, you know, during this time, I think that, uh, Vince and Vince did have some of the bigger plot points. They did have them planned out. Yeah. And they did know they had a good general idea of where they were going and how they were going to get there. So it was, you know, look, man, people, it was fantastic TV to see Steve Austin come save Vince McMahon's daughter. Right. Yeah. And people want to knock Russo all the time. And and again, that's my major point. I don't think we knocked him last week. I don't think we've knocked him this week. No, I think that during this time that this was some extremely great creative that, that told some good stories. And it was very non-traditional. So therein is the knock. Yeah. Outside of the box doesn't mean bad. Yeah. Yeah. Different doesn't mean bad though. Right. So there's a pilot for SmackDown that's taped and Taker and Shane come together to form the corporate ministry. Shane doesn't care about his sister or his father, or so it seems, um, in your opinion, was that kind of lame or is that cool? Well, again, it kind of tells the family dynamic a little bit. Sure. And, you know, you're sitting there and you think that, okay, the family's all back together now and going to unite against this evil. But then, damn it, the firstborn goes off and joins the damn evil ministry of darkness. Austin finally winds up getting one over on Taker on an episode of Raw where he's going to get Taker on the symbol and he's going to crucify him. And of course, this is all leading to the over the edge show. Uh, unfortunately, no one even talks about Austin undertaker there because we only remember it because of Owen Hart's tragic accident. How tight were taker and Owen? They were together for a long time here in the company. Yeah. You know, Owen was, <laughs> you're not going to find anybody that really didn't like Owen and uh, Owen and taker, I think were very good friends. And, and it was, that was an extremely, extremely hard day. And, um, you know, it, it, it's just a horrible, horrible time, but yeah, they were, they were good friends and had a lot of fun when, you know, here, here's the thing about, uh, some, you know, there's guys that will travel and they can tell you what the building's like, what the hotel is. And if they have late night room service in the airport. And then there are guys that can tell you where the best place in town is to get a hot dog or a burger or the best steak. Oh my God. You know, this one place is open till three o'clock in the morning or what, what have you. And if there is something to be seen, uh, historically, for example, if you went to Rome, that would be out on the town all day long, touring the Coliseum and touring all the sites, that would be Taker and Owen. There were other guys, but there were guys that, that did that. And there were guys that like, oh my God, I'm going to go sleep or I'm just going to go work out. Um, Owen was one that wanted to experience everything of every place he went. Life was an adventure to him. And, you know, Taker was a lot like that. It's like, okay, you know, we're going to go somewhere around the world that we haven't been. Let, let's, let's see what there is. Let's go relive this history. So that's something that they definitely share together. Just recently, I was talking to Jeff Jarrett and yes, I know this is something to wrestle. I'm trying to make a point. I was talking to Jeff Jarrett about some wisdom that had been dropped on him by an old timer. And he was trying to explain to Jeff that the key to a successful wrestling career, what was most important above all else 
was a little word we don't talk about enough longevity. And man, that made a lot of sense. You know, if a guy comes in and he's hot for a year or two or three or four, that's cool. But man, if he has a really long lasting career, he has a big run, an extended run. Now he's really making a name for himself. And I want to go ahead and thank a long-term advertiser here on our show. They know all about long. They know all about longevity. Of course, we're talking about Blue Chew. Because if you want to really be a legend, you need to have a longer run. You know what I'm talking about? Thanks, Blue Chew, for the little life lesson here. Here's the deal, real time. It's summer, camping season. Let's talk about pitching tents. That's right. This episode is, of course, still sponsored by Blue Chew. They've been with us since day one, baby. Guys, if you haven't tried this, what are you waiting for? Confidence can take you far in life, but it can also help in the bedroom, especially when it comes time to step up to the plate. And that's where Blue Chew comes in. You see, Blue Chew is a unique online service that delivers the same active ingredients as both Viagra and Cialis, but in chewable tablets and at a fraction of the cost. You can take them anytime, day or night, so you can plan ahead or be ready whenever an opportunity arises. The process is simple. Sign up at BlueChew.com, consult with one of their licensed medical providers, and once you're approved, you'll receive your prescription within days. The best part? It's all done online. So no visits to the doctor's office, no awkward conversations, and no waiting in line at the pharmacy. Blue Chew's tablets are made in the USA and prepared and shipped direct to your door in a discreet package. Hey, and real quick, you know, they always say first impressions are important, but what about lasting impressions, long-lasting impressions? It's time to get off the couch and get back to work, and if your uh, tool needs an upgrade, man, head to bluechew.com. Women say there's nothing sexier than confidence, and Blue Chew is going to help you get that confidence where it really counts. So if you could benefit from extra confidence when it's time to perform, Blue Chew to the rescue. And we've got a special deal for our listeners. Try Blue Chew for free when you use our promo code WRESTLE at checkout. Just pay $5 shipping. That's BlueChew.com. The promo code is WRESTLE to receive your very first month for free. Visit BlueChew.com for more details and important safety information. And we thank Blue Chew for sponsoring the podcast and our hard-ons. Check it out. It's BlueChew.com and the promo code, it's Wrestle. You know the deal. Let's uh, talk about the match. Undertaker's going to win the WWF title from Steve Austin when Shane McMahon does the fast count on Austin in the main event. Meltzer would say, even the WWF recognizes at this point by almost ignoring the mention of its own title change on its pay-per-view show the next night on Raw, that nobody was ready to care about pro wrestling angles just yet. And of course the title has to be not there because the undertaker doesn't appear on the episode after Owen's accident for obvious reasons. Uh, but I think that's sort of a weird criticism from Meltzer to say, well, clearly they don't even care since they didn't mention the title, but I mean, I think he's trying to say in a roundabout way that Owen was more important, but it just feels like a weird way to express that. Yeah, well, I think he he expresses himself in weird ways all the time. Do you know what the original plan would have been? I know where we're going the following week because it's a wild show, but usually you have a hot angle after a big pay-per-view like that. We're setting up the next pay-per-view. Of course, plans change very quickly when when Owen's accident happens. Do you know, do you have any inclination of what the original creative could have been? You know, I really think that it was just delayed a week and, and then, you know, okay. the attempt to just get back on track. So the next week 
we finally learn who the higher power is. The higher power is finally going to appear to Austin's face, but not to the audience. And then the next week, Vince McMahon finally takes the hood off and screams. It was me, Austin. It was me all along. JR has a fantastic call, but lots of rumor and innuendo about this higher power thing. I think you've mentioned over the years that one of the ideas Russo had was what if it was Christopher Daniels and lots of other people have their idea of who they think it was going to be. What can you tell us about the original concept for the higher power and how we landed on Vince? Well, I think we landed on Vince just out of not having anybody strong enough to put in that position and bring it back to what worked and what people were comfortable with and what they knew. Was that the right decision? I think that will be left up to debate for everyone else to debate. Uh, I think that it was an opportunity to introduce someone new and something different. Uh, I wasn't a fan of the reveal. I wasn't a fan. Actually, I wasn't a fan of it being Vince. Uh, it was, it was kind of like, can we get beyond that? Right. And that was, I believe the original intent, but then as you got there, you realize, well, you know, it's not done yet. There's still more meat left on this bone. So let's go grab what we can grab, uh, with Vince and Vince is a natural antagonist to stone cold, Steve Austin. And to this day, you know, it's, it's people love that dynamic of Mr. McMahon and stone cold, Steve Austin. It was a very natural, uh, right rivalry and easy to, to relate to, but it doesn't make any fucking sense. Long-term he kidnapped his own daughter. Oh, there's holes big time. <laughs> oh, there's holes. What, what the fuck are you talking about? Wait a minute. Kidnapped his daughter, burnt the fucking teddy bear just to get Steve to save her and trust him and come on board just to, to say, okay, ha ha. I got you. Um, yeah, there, there, <laughs> I mean, there's definitely holes, but at the same time, I think that the, if, if it had been able to go on longer of where you actually saw Vince and Austin together a little bit longer and yes. really believe that trust, that's better. then you would have had me hooked. That's better. Yeah. But it, it was just so fast. And let's get to it. Let's get over, you know, um, and, and frankly, I, I do think that was an original plan that the higher power would be somebody, but yet there would be the evil emperor above the higher power. So it, it is exciting for me to think about as the wrestling fan, oh man, Christopher Daniels could have been in, but at the same time, as much of a Christopher Daniels fan as I am, it is hard for me to imagine that he would have been immediately programmed with Austin in 1999, because I think when the higher power is revealed, if it's another wrestler, well, that's gotta mean him and Austin are off to the races. Do you remember there being any other names seriously considered brother love? Uh, no, <laughs> um, you know, there, there were other names. I mean, God, I even think that at, at one point was it Dr. Death. Was it different, different names and different shit that you could throw out there? 
Um, don't everybody go, oh, my God, uh, Dr. Death was going to be the higher power. No, that was never like a serious thing. I'm just saying that there were a lot of other names that or who could the, who could the higher power be? And again, I think that you could have had somebody come in there, be the higher power and and allow Vincent Austin to finally work together, be successful together. To where now it's like, God damn it, Vince saw the light. And now Vince is my guy. He's the boss. He's got his champion. He's got his guy stone cold. And together, by God, they're going to get rid of all of the fucking bad guys. But we went bam, bam, bam. Too quick. My opinion. I agree. It was too quick. Um. Vince loved the idea of it being him though. Didn't he? Or did he feel like it was a concession to, I think Vince felt like it was a concession to, I think Vince was he got looking sold. to elevate someone else. Did he get sold? I mean, why not just drag it out until the answer revealed itself? I think it had been drug out. The higher power reveal had already been drug out too long. Okay. The, the story could have been drug out once the higher power was revealed because now you have taker and the ministry and all this shit and a higher power, um, against Vincent Austin. It, it now evens it up a little bit and gives Austin and Vince something to fight against and, and overcome instead of, okay, well now, no, it's me. It was me. It was me. Man, I love talking old wrestling with Bruce. I love the nostalgia of uh, professional wrestling. I just love talking about the good old days, man. I think all of us get to a certain age. Uh, boy, that keeps coming up. I, I'm, I'm going to be 40 and I, I would just, I'd like to talk about when I was 10 forever. Cause it just feels like, I don't know, like the late eighties, early nineties. It's the golden era of music, of sports, of television, of wrestling. And, uh, I just remember, you know, getting up on the Saturday morning, getting those cartoons going, getting a little morning wrestling going. And then of course it was six Oh five, but the other constant was cereal. It's one of the best parts of being a kid, man. But then eventually you, you grow out of it. And for a lot of us, we grew out of wrestling and we grew out of cereal because we realized we shouldn't be eating this stuff. It's just filled with sugar. How was this ever a good idea? But now it's fun again. Thanks to magic spoon. I know this sounds a little silly, but magic spoon has figured out how to do this with zero grams of sugar. I didn't even think that was possible. A great tasting cereal that reminds me of being a kid with zero grams of sugar and 13 or 14 grams of protein and only four net grams of carbs in each serving. How is this real? It must be magic spoon. It's only 140 calories a serving and check this out. How about this for a list? It's keto friendly. It's gluten free. It's grain free. It's soy free. It's low carb and it's GMO free. And you can even build your own box. Check this out. You can get a custom bundle with cocoa, fruity, frosted, peanut butter, blueberry, and cinnamon. And you might even be an evil genius. What if you mix some cocoa and some peanut butter? It's going to taste just like a peanut butter cup. Go to magicspoon.com forward slash wrestle and grab a custom bundle of cereal and try it today. And be sure to use our promo code wrestle at checkout to save $5 off your order. 
and Magic Spoon is so confident in their product, it's backed with a 100% happiness guarantee. So if you don't like it for any reason, they'll refund your money. No questions asked. Remember, get your next delicious bowl of guilt-free cereal at magicspoon.com forward slash wrestle and use the code wrestle to save $5 off. Thanks Magic Spoon for sponsoring this episode and our nostalgic breakfast. It's back, baby. It's magicspoon.com forward slash wrestle. I know this sounds super silly, but I got to ask, was there anyone even considered from ECW or WCW? Like when you start this, this whole concept of who is the higher power and you don't really have an answer. It feels a little bit like the black scorpion storyline from WCW where they didn't oh, 100%. Re- but I guess my point is, were you thinking at the time, is this one of those where, well, we're flirting with sting. Maybe we could get him or we're flirting with this guy in ECW. Maybe I don't know who that would be. I'm just saying, was there someone that you hoped maybe contract negotiations were possible for besides a Christopher Daniels or a Dr. Death or, you know, someone like that. Not that I remember, you know, I'll tell you when you look back hindsight being 2020, it had if it had been a little bit later, good Lord, the big show would have been awesome. Yeah. In that role. Yes. Yes. Just because it would have been new and it would have been a, a, a cool way to bring him in. I, I thought, you know, going back, I don't know how the fuck we're getting off on this, but you know, even big shows debut and everything was rushed. Yeah. Well, that was February of this same year. So to your point, yeah. you could have pushed it back a few months and been okay. Right. Yeah. But I just know, Oh, and I forget the timeline, but I know you've recently revealed that, oh yeah, we were talking to sting and so-and-so and I didn't know, Hey, was that a possibility where it's fucking sting, but sting as a heel wouldn't really made sense either. Yeah. And, and I don't think that was even ever a possibility. So let's, uh, let's keep it going. Uh, big show and taker are going to be main eventing the same raw for the WWF title. And big show is going to choke slam the undertaker through the ring. And, uh, of course online, a lot of people were saying, oh, they're just ripping off ECW because they had just done something the prior year with Bigelow and Taz through the ring. But I like the whole through the ring concept. Maybe it gets overdone a little bit in more recent years, but back in the day, the first time you see it, what a fucking visual. Yeah. And you know what? Um, people, I guess, remember that because it was something that they saw on television and what have you. And you know, for the people that, that watched ECW, ooh, that, um, you know, the first time I saw somebody go through the ring was Houston, Texas, Harley 19... Race and Wahoo McDaniel. I knew you were going to say that. Yeah. Yeah. But that was real. Right. And they went through the ring and it was just such a incredible destructive site, you know, that, uh, come on. It was a cool, it was a cool visual with two big guys and a way to, to get big show over super cool visual. No argument for me. Uh, the observer would write in mid June, the undertaker has been bothered even more by an arthritic hip and his back cramping. And we know that eventually he's going to get that hip replaced. Uh, and we watched all about that last year on the WWE network, but you got to feel for the guy. I mean, here he is arguably. At the hottest point in his career, making the most money of his career and his body's breaking down on him. Was there ever any serious consideration to him saying, man, maybe I should hang it up and transition. I realize that sounds funny because he made it another 20 fucking years or something, but 
before Brett left the company, he was saying, oh yeah, undertaker's telling me he's only got a year or two left because he was already hurting in 97 in a major way. Was it even talked about or was the money so good? There's no way he's leaving. Look, man, I think everybody talks about, man, I got one more, one more year in me and then we're going to hang it up. Yeah. And then you get to that year, man, that was the best year of my career. Maybe I could do that over again. And then you, you keep going. There was always talk of that. And especially with Taker, you know, Taker had a lot of wear and tear, man. Had, had a lot of nagging injuries that would continually creep up on him. And as you said, shit, I can go back so many years of Taker. Like this has got one more left in me. Yeah. And, uh, you talk about a stud Taker's a stud. Well, let's talk about King of the ring. He's in there with another stud, the rock, but they're not in the main event, which kind of feels weird since it's for the title. As a reminder, undertaker's the champ rock is challenging, but they don't go on last. In fact, X-Pac and road dog go on after them and Austin versus the McMahons in a ladder match goes on last. I understand the need to have a quote unquote, let me up match between them but the Austin McMahon thing has been so hot for so long. It kind of has to go last regardless of who has the title, right? Yeah. It depends on the story. And again, I, I, I take, um, it's the right word I'm looking for. I won't say I want to take exception, but, but the main event going on last it's, That's <laughs> all interpretation. And again, I think that we have, we've changed that. And even then was, was a way to change it. When you look back at, at the old Madison square garden shows back in, uh, the seventies for fuck's sake, the main event went on before intermission. Right. So you can sell tickets. So it's, it's just trying to put together the best show and the best presentation. Well, here's the match that night. Uh, again, undertaker and rock go on eighth. Uh, they have 19 minutes and 10 seconds. Undertaker's going to get the win and retain the championship. Uh, it's written here. Triple H ran in and gave the rock a pedigree and sort of put taker on top. Ref came to and rock kicked out. However, taker then used the tombstone for the pin star and a half. It's worth mentioning. There's not a ref bump in this match. There's not two. There's not three ref bumps. There's not four ref bumps. There's not five ref bumps. There are six ref bumps in this match. Lots of smoke and mirrors here. Was the undertaker just that beat where he needed lots of, I think Pat used to call it Gaga. Why you got to steal my shit? <laughs> well, you just say it. You need the Gaga and a basis of the referee and the bank and the fucking on the ass. And then another one come in and dump, dump, dump. Days. Repeat that three fucking times. And then they, and then how do they lay there? They lay there like what? Like a douchebag. <laughs> so the next night on raw, Steve Austin is going to regain the WWF title from the undertaker. This time in Charlotte Taker's going to bloody him up afterwards to set the stage for a first blood match at fully loaded. Uh, this was a different time. You're getting a lot of title changes on free TV and you're even getting blood. It's all about selling the pay-per-views. I mean, this is before television rights were what they are and streaming wasn't what it is. It's a pay-per-view business, right? 
it is a pay-per-view business. However, at the same time, you know, it was, uh, I think at this time more so than, uh, as history would show it, it was also a time of ratings and getting the ratings up as, as much as you possibly could. I want to mention, um, WCW goes off the air that night at 10 57 PM and an unbelievable 10 million people watch, wind up watching the undertaker lose his championship to Steve Austin. It becomes the most watched match in cable history at that point. What an unbelievable audience. I realize that people are consuming things differently and television ratings, not just in wrestling, but all television is way down, but 10 million folks watching TV. This is the height of the business. Is it not? It's a very good time in the business and, and, and for another time, um, maybe Eric Bischoff and I can one day talk about oh. how we viewed those ratings and, and whether or not there was actually that many, or was it a crossover and accumulation of, of viewers over well, now a period of let me, let me, let me tag in. I think what you're saying is if 5 million people were watching raw and 5 million people were watching nitro, you're suggesting, and I just made those numbers up that there's really probably not 10 million people. Some people are being counted twice, but what I'm right. saying is 10 million individual home motherfuckers watch the main event because Nitro's off. So when they go off those last few minutes, more people had seen that. Again, moment I need to look at it and see, and yeah. just see where it was. Cause uh, again, I, I, you know, the, uh, you have to consider the source and, and I got you. Well, let's just keep going. We're what it is and how it is. You know, this show really grows through word of mouth. Uh, we don't do any real advertising for our podcast. People just talk about it and then ta-da, people start to subscribe. Word of mouth is the way to go. And we want to thank James up in Hendersonville, Tennessee for suggesting and referring and spreading the word of mouth of SaveWithConrad.com. We hooked him up he left us a five-star review and he had this to say, this process was as easy as it could have been. Jimmy and the team were on top of things from the very beginning. The communication was great and I'll be recommending you all to anyone who asks. Great job. Thank you, James. We take pride in helping people save money and making it fast and easy. I get it. You're listening to a wrestling podcast and you want to hear wrestling stories. You don't really want to hear mortgage talk, but I feel strongly that saving money is important. You know, if it's not something we worry about now, boy, we are really going to worry about it later. And I want to help you get out of debt faster and do it with cheaper monthly payments. I'm talking to you. If you're in a 30 year loan, now is the time to take years off of your loan. We're routinely helping our listeners cut five, 10, even 15 years off their loan. And you can do this without perfect credit with no money out of pocket. You've just got to start at savewithconrad.com. NMLS number 65084, equal housing lender. Seriously, if you're in a 30 year loan, please let me run the numbers. You'll be glad you did at savewithconrad.com. I'm trying to put you over and compliment you. I know, no, I know. And, and look, without a doubt, it was fucking awesome and great. And a lot of people, I just always, there's that part of me. That likes to clarify. Well, no, know, put I, a little asterisk there sometimes. Um, no, you don't. You're on here bragging about being a five-time karate black belt hall of famer or whatever the fuck. Four time, and I'm Sorry. the only four-time black belt hall of famer in the history of the black belt hall. Of but Fame. you got no problem with that. But what I just said was, you had 10 million people watching. It's the equivalent. I of, think it was 15. It's the equivalent of me saying, "Hey, some lady told me you had a 10-inch wang," and you were like, 
because she measured at the asshole. It's probably way less. <laughs> like, wait a minute. I'm complimenting you. What the you. fuck are you saying right now? <laughs> I'm trying to lighten the mood. I can tell you're not in a good mood today. That's not true. You I look mean, stressed. You look teep, uh, sleepy. You look tired. No, I'm, 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 uh, focused. No, don't, don't, and, uh, don't, don't plug it. We'll wait. And plug it okay. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. The undertaker and Kane are put back together I as feels well. better. There you go. Undertaker and Kane are put back together. We're trying to, uh, build up taker bloodying Austin on a pretty consistent basis to prove that Austin is in fact, the underdog for this first blood match here at fully loaded. Uh, what's the thinking of putting taker and Kane back together again. Is it just to take some of the load off of the undertaker since he's pretty banged up? Yeah. I also think that, uh, undertaker and Kane are better together. Yeah. than they are against each other. The steps for this match at fully loaded on top of it being a first blood match are if Austin doesn't win, he must disappear from the WWF. And if taker doesn't win, Vince McMahon disappears from the WWF. Does anybody watching at home actually think either one of those steps are going to be lived up to? Sure. Okay. On the pre-show fully loaded takers going to attack Austin and Austin's already bleeding. So we've set the stage. There's, um, I guess I should ask, is there some sort of fear when you've got all this physicality with two big, badass, motivated testosterone filled dudes out there? Hey, shit. What if somebody accidentally gets busted open? Absolutely. Yeah. You have a backup and then plan it is what it is. So there's no contingency plan. It's just, fuck it. You're the champ now. Sorry. Yeah. Okay. Shit happens. You got to call it during the show. Taker comes out and turns on his brother, Kane and joins up with the big show. So it's his hundredth face heel turn since joining the company. Um, and you put them together just to break them back up right away. But let's talk about, yeah, you can't ask me that question. You got to ask the other guy. Got it. Let's talk about the match. <laughs> There we go. See like that. Yeah. I they like go that. nicey, nice. And they go, yeah. Steve Austin retains in a first blood match. 15 and a half minutes. McMahon's going to come out to do commentary and Meltzer would say this was a really good brawl in particular, the work by Steve Austin. Since it was first blood, they worked a style mainly on punching the head and trying to rip at cuts. Hebner took a bump undertakers tied up in the ropes. Austin grabs a chair, but Shane does a run in and takes a hard chair shot to the head. Undertaker comes back with a high kick and a low kick as in low, not leg undertaker did the uh, padding on a undid the padding on the turnbuckle. But before he could put Austin's head in it, Austin nails the stunner. Austin then punches Vince McMahon when he gets up and tries to interfere. So now undertaker hits Austin on the uh, back with a chair shot. X-Pac does a run in and does a van daminator type of move, kicking the chair into undertaker's face. And now he's opened up. Austin then hits undertaker with a TV camera. Austin has, uh, fell victim to a tombstone, but instead Hebner sees the cut and signals for the bell. Austin's the winner. And afterwards he gives everybody stunners, including undertaker and Vince McMahon. Helmsley does a run in. He starts beating on Austin. Who's going to rip tape off of his forehead and quote, did a world-class job of bleeding all over the place. Uh, rock ran in Austin and undertaker continue to brawl undertaker at one point hit Shane McMahon as well. Quote. It was a real wild finish with Austin and undertaker, both soaked in blood by this point, brawling to the back 
Austin came back, went to shake Vince's hand, then gave him another stunner as the show went off the air. Really good post-match that brought the show to a strong finish three and three quarter stars. So he loved the big brawl, but now you've got everybody involved, not just Vince undertaker, Austin and Shane, but rock and triple H too. We're really, uh, going off with a hot finish. This is well done. Yeah, it was, you know, I'm not a big fan of the first blood matches, um, for a variety of reasons, but I thought that this was this was pretty good. It was a lot of Gaga, a lot of, a lot of smoke and mirrors and Gaga and shit. And it delivered, you know, what was promised. So as the stipulation goes, Vince has to disappear. Was Vince at this point saying, you know what, this whole higher power thing. And I've been on screen for too long for years. He didn't really want to be an on-screen character, but it just hit. Was he tired of doing it? Was he ready to not do it? Do you think it was time for a break? Yeah, Vince, I think, you know, uh, from day one, I, I go back to 1987, Vince wanting to get off the air doing play by play. Um, and probably, you know, from 98, Vince wanted to get off the air being Mr. McMahon. So, you know, he was always looking to try to put somebody else in that role. And when you look at it, it's Vince is a hell of a character. And if you have access to that character, why not use it? Right. Let's, uh, let's talk a little bit about, um, the next night on raw, we've got taker and under uh, and show against Kane in a handicap match. And that match, believe it or not, is going to set a record for head to head ratings against nitro. It does a 7.81 quarter hour with almost 6 million homes watching. It's an amazing run here that the undertaker's having. Cause it, again, Vince is not on that segment. Austin's not on that segment. It's undertaker show and Kane. Uh, eventually though, on this show, we see the corporate ministry disband when Vince is fired, which I guess is just time. Uh, Meltzer would have a comment here about the whole big show thing. He says, big show is being put with undertaker as a tag team to advance his learning and understanding and maybe have some dedication rub off on him. Similar to how a decade ago, they put Lex Luger in the horseman, hoping that some of flair's attributes would rub off on him. It didn't work then. And it's up to Paul white. If it works this time. His legit body weight is in the 440 range, and they want him down to 400. He peaked at around 505 with WCW. Uh, is this an accurate assessment that you were hoping that, man, if we put Big Show and Taker together, maybe we can bring Show along a little bit? Yeah, I think from the the point of view of anybody that you put with Taker is going to enhance what they do and big show was a huge talent that we had a lot of aspirations for It's like, you know, here's a guy that seven foot tall, um, he's a giant and I don't know that he'd really realized his potential yet. So what better way to teach him than putting with another, another giant who has reached his potential. So we get to SummerSlam where Taker and show are taking on X-Pac and Kane for the WWF tag team titles. And here's the quote from the observer undertaker and big show won the WWF tag titles from X-Pac and Kane in 12 minutes and one second. Uh, the Bronco buster spot was set up. X-Pac did it the first time to show, but the second time show caught him and choke slammed him show, put his foot on X-Pac's chest for the pin, but X-Pac kicked out undertaker gets mad at show for the arrogant cover tags in tombstones, X-Pac and gets the pin. And they're teasing that there's problems with the champs after this match. what do you think of this tag team and the story that we're telling here 
that maybe big show is, uh, not taking things seriously and undertaker's trying to bring him along. It almost feels like it's art imitating life based on the way. Yeah. It was a shoot. Yeah. (laughs) So, you know, it, it was big brother taking little brother along little brother, uh, screwing up and big brother having to go in and beat the guy's ass for him. Uh, so yeah, it was art imitating life. Let's, uh, let's also mention that the, the tag titles feel like almost like a backdrop. It doesn't feel like it's necessary for these guys to be the tag champs. And once upon a time you've said, oh, Taker didn't need the belt. Why did they need the belt here? Just to solidify them that, Hey, they really are a tag team. This isn't going to be the old big shows, a heel or a baby for six days. And then back the other way. I don't know if they did need them. I, Frankly, I, I don't know that they did need the titles. I think that they were one of those teams that were under traction that you wanted to see. So they didn't necessarily, they didn't need the titles in my opinion. Well, it becomes a, an uphill battle for big show at this point, because if the undertaker, um, uh, if it weren't for bad luck, he'd have no luck at all. He's going to injure his groin around this time. And he's immediately taken out of the ring and he's doing commentary. Where does that leave the tag straps? Big shows defending them in handicap matches. Do you remember anything about his groin injury? I mean, it's, I guess it's important to keep him on TV. He's uh, a top guy. He's a ratings getter. People love the storyline, but usually when a guy's injured like this and it can't work, we just take him off TV. We work an injury angle, but we don't do that here. We try him on commentary. What's the thought process? Well, um, I don't to say this tactfully. Uh, Taker was hurt. Taker needed time off. And I think that um, there was something, that, oh, well, you know, as long as he doesn't work, you know, it'll be fine. And I don't know that, that all of that got back to Vince McMahon as far as how badly Undertaker was injured again. It was a different time and a different place where um, – you didn't have the the medical and the the wellness and, and everything that's available today, and, and it was a different breed. Um, the taker's going to keep going if he feels that that he needs to keep going. That's that's what he did. That's just the kind of guy that he is. Right. He's not going to stop, and he's not going to give up. Let's talk about what's next because it is another major happening in the world wrestling federation. Taker and show are going to drop these tag straps to two other performers. Maybe you've heard of mankind and the rock. And it happens without taker ever tagging in. In fact, he leaves ringside when Paul bearer shows him something in his pocket. And you would think that big show would be pissed off about this, right? But I guess we'll never know because it's never followed up on what in the world that undertaker see out of Paul bear's pocket that made him just walk away. I know you don't remember, make something up, make it entertaining. Could it be this? Yeah. Ooh. You know, this is an audio show. You have to, explain. Oh shit. Okay. <laughs> I, think, I think, I think it was his mama stockings. Oh yes, remember these? It's it's one of those questions though. Like people always ask, "Hey, who was lowering the briefcase at that pay per view?" And 
then they want to know what did he show him? And then, you know, the whole baby doll, dusty photos thing. What were the fuck? And nobody ever had a plan. It was just some shit we did to get us to the next week. And it's never followed up on. So just, yeah, it's kind of like, it's kind of like when you used to go into your trunks, Baron Secluna would go into his trunks and come out and by God, he went into his trunks. He's got to have something in his hand and then nail the guy and then go back into his trunks. He's got something in his trunks. I saw it. Theater of the mind. Oh, yes, pictures of your mama. Summer is here and the heat has arrived. And let me tell you, we aren't slowing down on adfreeshows.com. We plan to give you the red hot summer you deserve, full of interactive Zoom experiences, brand new content, and bonus events that will leave your head spinning. This month alone, our top level members have the opportunity to sit down live with Conrad, Kurt Angle, and Eric Bischoff and pick their brains virtually face to face. And then there's Baby Doll, the perfect 10. We'll join our top guys to talk about her time in Jim Crockett Promotions and her recent appearance on Dark Side of the Ring. And we're just getting started. There will be even more announcements and surprises along the way. So don't miss out. Sign up today and join the fastest growing wrestling community on the planet over at adfreeshows.com. I love that the whole takeaway of this whole thing is... Oh, there were holes, but the shit was entertaining. <laughs> yeah. There were some fucking holes. Is that sure. sort of the story of 99 though? Man, we had a lot of shit that hit. Some of it didn't make any sense, but I mean, yeah, people dug it. Yeah. I mean, it was off the wall. It was crazy. People wonder what the fuck are they going to do next? But it, it, it didn't make any sense. Is it, is there something to in sports? People say, oh, momentum's on their side. The idea being, if you've got one team and everything's just clicking, it feels like the momentum's on their side. They can't do any wrong. And then the other team, boy, God bless their souls. They can't make a basket for nothing. There's just no momentum there. Does that exist in, in promoting like this where fuck, when you're hot, you're hot. We could have, we could have just thrown spaghetti against the wall to see if it sticks. And right now in 99, we're so hot. It's all fucking sticking. It was a good time. Yeah, it was definitely a good time. And it was, it was a, a period where Everyone, uh, casual diehards, they were into what it was that we were doing. It's interesting too, that the whole rock and sock connection, you know, their tag team title run here really is born out of the undertaker, not being able to defend the titles when he's teaming with big show Sue two sort of thrown together tag teams, but it worked. And then there's an episode of SmackDown where a tag team has a buried alive match. And of course it's Taker and big show against mankind and the rock and Taker and show actually win two weeks later though, show and Taker are going to drop the belts again, back to rock and sock connection. This time it's a dark side rules match. And I know what you're wondering. What the fuck is a dark side rules match? Well, let me explain. Midian and viscera are going to replace the undertaker to tag with the big show. And still lose the titles. So the undertaker is not going to be involved when he loses the tag titles. Instead, he just says, Hey, what, uh, Midian and viscera do it. This is like a new version of the free bird rule right here. Is it not like, yeah, fuck it. It's these guys. Now it's dead man rules, dead man rules. There we go. Yeah. 
So the SmackDown after this, the undertaker flat out refuses to wrestle triple H in a casket match and Vince who's already returned, even though he would never appear on WWE programming again. That was last month. This is this month. And Vince tells the undertaker he has to. So the undertaker quits. The reality is the undertaker is banged up really bad. Needs some time off, needs to heal up and he's out of here, but it's not just him. Who's out of here. It's Vince Russo too. Uh, what were undertaker's thoughts on Russo and was he upset to see him go? Because he did have quite a creative little run here with Vince Russo's ideas. Yeah, he did. And it was, uh, it was a damn good run as a matter of fact. So, but I, I don't think that especially towards the end that there was, uh, a lot of sadness. Elaborate. I mean, this is the end of the ministry. I, think that, I you know, there were, there were periods where, um, for example, the injuries and things like that, that, well, you know, it's, there was an attitude sometimes of, well, it's a work. So just work around it. Right. And, um, not always a favorable attitude from the talent. So I think that there was that feeling of that attitude prevalent. Where does the ministry version of the undertaker fall for you because we don't see the undertaker again until he reemerges in May of 2000 as the American badass. We've covered that. That's a story for another day, but the ministry version of taker, where is that in your rankings? Okay. Well, see, I have to rank the, obviously the debut, right. And the first run of taker and the last run of taker those were pure takers to me. Okay. It was like number one and then American badass number two and probably ministry number three. And then, uh, kind of in the middle, I'll do the, uh, the pirate, um, descending from the heavens. I didn't, that's number four. When he had the black teardrop and shit. Oh yeah. yeah that's gotta be number four. Well, let's jump into some questions. We've got a handful here. There's no way we'll get to them all though. I know we're uh, running short on time. We've, uh, we've kept you for a while today. Uh, Brian wants to know, was there a concern that taker was perhaps going too satanic or because of the edginess and entertainment in the late nineties, like Howard Stern or Jerry Springer, was that never even really brought up? He was going dark. Uh, you know, if you want to call it satanic, call it satanic, but it was, uh, it was dark and there was awareness, put it that way. Uh, let's do, uh, another one here from, uh, Greg. Why did the corporate ministry angle just sort of fizzle out when everyone was going their own way? Um, you know, the, the ministry sort of blow off. I mean, it does just sort of disappear. And I understand a lot of that is because, well, you know, if there's no flair, there's no horseman. Well, if there's no undertaker, cause he's got to go home and heal, then I guess there's no ministry. Is that as simple as that? Or was there a consideration to, Hey, maybe we could do something. Yeah. I, I think that, you know, taker goes away. There really is no more ministry. So it, it's difficult to, to continue that. So it's just, you, you look at, okay, what do you have? And without taker, you really don't have any more ministry. 
So as we're winding things up here, talking about the, uh, the ministry of darkness version of the undertaker, Mark wants to know, can Bruce recite the chant that's at the start of the undertaker's theme when he was the, the leader of the ministry? Come, come, Roger, cop, trap, cha I don't fucking. I can't. I, yeah, I told you. I can't speak in tongues. That's tongues right there? I don't know. Every day. I drowned you out. Say again. I said you speak with your tongue. You oh. told me that. You do it every day. I do. Let's do a lighthearted question. Keith wants to know any fun wrestlers court stories involving yourself and the undertaker. You ever go to wrestlers court? Hell no. Okay. I don't violate the law. Conrad. I'm straight and narrow. Adrian Finn wants to know, were you ever concerned that he jumped to WCW in the summer of 99 when allegedly his contract was coming due? I was not, not at all. Um, you know, there were, there were moments and there were times that, I think it, it might have, um, you know, been, been an issue to discuss, but I don't think that, uh, I don't think there was ever that concern. Uh, here's one from Lindsay. Did you get any heat for the speaking in tongues routine? Just for me, because I couldn't do it. Uh, anything else we can put a bow on here with this ministry of darkness? We didn't really talk about the acolytes too much. I mean, we know that we mentioned Justin, uh, Justin Hawk Bradshaw had been a little bit of everything at this point. He's kind of floundering. He becomes an acolyte. Then he becomes APA. Then it becomes JBL. He's off to the races. I think it could be argued that this acolyte tag team maybe saved both or not saved, but extended both his and Ron's WWE run. Would you agree with that? I certainly would. And it gave him the spotlight and opportunity to excel and or fail. You know, you look at it and in, in what came out of that, really the APA is, is what came out of that ministry of darkness because big Vis beyond that came big daddy V, uh, Midian got naked. Yes, he did. And there you go. The shit, but he's a hell of a chef. The shit they used to paint on their chest. You got any jokes? You got any stories? You tell us. I have no idea that I don't think they knew. They just painted shit on their chest. (laughs) There was no rhyme or reason to anything. Well, this looks cool. Okay, fine. Paint a design. Can you just. For once, you haven't done anything today. Can you give me a voice? Can you give me an impression? I did you. I, that's bullshit. I gave you Vince. I gave you the higher power. I, look, I'm not. I'm not just a, a, a trained chimp on the corner that you put a quarter in my fucking can and I do a goddamn ha ha. Fuck, do you think I am? An entertainer. I hoped. Maybe no, I. Maybe no, I had you no, pegged I'm, wrong. I'm not a whore. Well, we're going to try to whore it out next week. We're going to be talking about. I'm going to tell you a little, little something, baby, because the hole gets paid. Okay. Sometimes you can be a little slutty. That means you're a little loose, if you will. But, but you ain't making, you ain't in business. It's just a little slutty. But if you're a hoe, a hoe makes money, baby. You put a price tag on it. You want some. I give you some, but you're going to pay me, if you will. 
I mean, I was hoping to talk about chess paintings, but I'll take a dusty every day. Next week, we're talking about King of the Ring 2001. It's a triple threat main event for the world championship with Stone Cold Steve Austin, Chris Benoit, and Chris Jericho. The famous street fight with Kurt Angle and Shane McMahon. Jeff Hardy working with X-Pac for the light heavyweight championship. That's a real thing. Edge is also going to be wrestling Kurt Angle, and so is Rhino. Rhino is going to be wrestling Edge, and Kurt Angle is going to be wrestling Christian. A lot of, uh, a lot of team wreck on this one. Yeah, there you go. Uh, and we've got a tag title match. We're going to get to as well. The Dudley boys taking on Kane and spike Dudley should be a fun time, man. I'm looking forward to this one. Uh, and we know, uh, at the very end of this thing, we're going to have a new King of the ring and maybe a new champion. No, probably not. You already know. Uh, but I do have a question though, Bruce, as we're yes, winding sir. things up and we're getting ready for King of the ring next week, you've been fidgeting and playing with something. Get your mind out of the gutter. The entire time we've been talking and I need you to explain what's in your hand. What are you doing? This is an audio show and you've been playing with this gimmick. What is it? What do you think it is? You can see a picture of it right now, right? You folks, I'm holding this up in front of the camera for Conrad to take a look at. I'll show you both ends of it. So you can see it looks like my fingers. It looks like a, uh, Oh, it's like a, a fancy toothpick. Hillbilly toothpick. You fucking ignorant hillbilly. Or is it like a, a bird's claw? No. Is it some sort of little tool to do embossing? No. Are you going to tell me what it is? Cause this is not very I, compelling I audio. I will. I okay. will. I'm ready. Uh, so when, uh, I received all of the items from Paul Bosch's, uh, personal office. Okay. Uh, on his ceiling were a bunch of spears okay. from his ship to New Guinea. Okay. In like the forties or fifties, I believe. Um, I want to say it's like forties from the pictures, but, um, these are were hand carved by natives in of New Guinea. And I've got all the spears. And so while we were, I moved things around on my desk to put the microphone over here and get, get ready to pod this here podcast. And I found this fucking thing. Now the spears are over there, like in a, in a vase, like where they can be displayed and you can see all the spears. But what this tells me is that either someone in my household or the damn maid like broke one of my spears and put the little broken piece of the spear. Cause this used to be on the top of one of them, their spears over there. And you somehow thought I would know what that was. I would think everybody would know. I mean, I showed it to you. Hey, do you want to see something cool? Since you showed me something, I'll show you something cool. Yeah. How about oh, that? How about butterflies. That? Yeah. A little black and white and silver butterfly. How about that? Well, okay. So I'm just saying, I think my robe's cooler than your little spear. Yeah, I don't think so because I got other cooler spears over there. That's not what you. This is me. just like the little. This is the deadly tip of the spear. Oh, but tip. when you look at the craftsmanship on this shit, it's pretty fucking amazing. It's not. It's not as good as Olivia Walker. You don't know that. You know, I like this. You hadn't played with my spears. Uh, from what I hear, nobody's played with your spear in a long time. I, I, I'm of the opinion that we should do a something to wrestle show and tell. 
one day. No. Why not? It's mine. It's mine. Well, you showed me. Why don't you want to show other people? It's mine. You got any melted candles back there? Maybe. We'll have to see it next week right here on something to wrestle with Bruce Pritchard. Rock on. Yeah. <laughs> did you hear that phone go off right at the right time? Yeah. You know what That's that means? Amazing. WrestleMania just became three days. We'll see you next week. You're on something to wrestle. You know, finding the person you want to spend the rest of your life with is great, but you got to hate all the pressure of what's next. Of course, there's all the engagement talk, but then there's the pressure of actually shopping for a ring, the hassle, the haggling, finding a store to trust, trying to figure out what the heck the four C's are, discounts, sales, coupons, styles, all the nonsense, but at least those are all fantastic reasons to put off getting engaged. And that's why guys have really grown to hate Steven singer. He takes away every excuse in the book for not buying the ring. And he makes it so easy. I hate Steven singer. Steven singer is a Philly jeweler. Who's been making it too easy to buy real diamonds for over four decades. He specializes in diamond engagement rings and has a staff of real experts, real jewelers, real people that are ready to help you find the perfect ring or gift at the perfect price. There's no call center. There's no sales. There's no haggling. There's no promo codes. There's no discounts just the best price possible, guaranteeing the best value every single day. Check out Steven at the other corner of eighth and Walnut in Philly or online at I hate always with fast and free shipping. That's I hate What would your family do with an extra $108,000? That's a problem that our listener Jacob out in Colorado has now. Thanks to save with Conrad.com. He recently saved money with us over at save with Conrad.com gave us a five-star review and wrote this. Our previous mortgage company made each step of the process difficult, but Jimmy took it in stride and made it happen. He was able to lock us in at one and a half percent less than we were at and saved us $108,000 over the life of the loan. Guys, that's unbelievable. Jacob saved more than 108 grand, but how much can you save? It's free to find out right now. You don't need perfect credit or money out of your pocket. And if we can't save you money, we won't waste your time. Find out how much money you can save right now for free at SaveWithConrad.com. NMLS number 65084, Equal Housing Lender. And oh, by the way, did we mention no house payments for two months? And we're licensed in more than 40 states. So what are you waiting for? Start saving money today at SaveWithConrad.com. John brings his skewed sense of humor. Jeff brings tips to cut strokes off your next round. Together... It's those weekend golf guys. They'll pay a lot of money to PXG and Titleist and Callaway and on and on and on. Right? How many yards do you think you're going to pick up with that extra driver? I think I can get an extra 5 to 10. What if I give you 15 to 20? <laughs> you pay me more. Jeff Smith right? teaches on the sliding scale. <laughs> those weekend golf guys, the podcast, part of the Believe Network. Just search B-L-E-A-V on YouTube or wherever you listen.